Welcome to episode number 49 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. Now, in this episode, I talk to John Gom from the UK. Now, John Gom is an amazing guitarist. He's actually got a, a DVD out at the moment called Essential Percussive Guitar Riffs. In this interview, we actually break down the, the 10 riffs that are on the DVD and talk about how he came up with some of the ideas, uh, get to know more about his playing, and also all about the different styles he has learnt over the years to become who he is today. Now, I've watched the, the whole DVD, it goes for two and a half hours, and I must say it was probably one of the best instructional DVDs I've seen for a long time. I got a, a lot out of it, even things I did know already. The way John explains it in the DVD, he breaks it down, and the whole DVD is like that, so you can watch it from start to finish, either with a guitar or without a guitar. I actually like to watch it without the guitar, then go back and watch it with the guitar. So you get all the ideas that John talks about, and then go to try them yourself. Know how to put it in your own style, or actually learn the riffs. So when you do buy the, the DVD, you get all the PDFs as well, which comes with all the, the tabs of the percussive side and, and the tablature of the guitar side as well. So I highly recommend this DVD to anyone from beginners to advance. So people actually might see this DVD and think, oh no, it's way too hard for me. But believe me, even beginners who want to pick it up, you can learn certain things in there that John really breaks down and talks about that make you really think, oh, you know, that's a really good way of doing it. And it just is the way he analyzes all the different techniques, including hammer-on, slides, pull-offs, everything. It's, it's all in there. So definitely if you want to learn more about the guitar and the percussive side of things, check out the link in the notes. Definitely uh, check out John's DVD. So let's go over to the interview now with John Gom. All right, we'll start from um, riff one, which is called Slap It Out. The main thing I got from this one was, was a really great insight to the, the attack and the tone of the guitar. And again, you know, I've seen a lot of instructional videos where they don't really talk about that. So it was really interesting to hear, you know, to break that down, which is really important, I think. Yeah. So one thing which was in, um, you find that a lot. Actually, you know, talking about that Paul Gilbert thing, it's yep. funny because in at the start, I, I've watched these things so many times. I have, probably haven't watched this video for 20 years, mm. more than that, yep. intent, these intense rock videos, but I watched them so many times, I wore them out, you know. So at the start of Intense Rock 2, Paul Gilbert goes back to the basic shred lick that he explains in shred in his original video and says okay i've heard a lot of people now playing this and they all sound like they can do it really fast but they have no control of the dynamics or tone or anything and he starts to explain how to get control in your playing and create tone because he was worried that he was making a whole load of bad guitarists do you know what i mean with yeah. his first video yeah and there's, there's another video that i have which is stanley jordan the very great oh, yeah, um yeah tapping jazz guitarist who yep. played two-hand tapping all the time. And he has this one where he talks about how to get good tone just from tapping. And he um, demonstrates how to get different volume levels from tapping and stuff. So nice. I was very you know, inspired by those kinds of things. So what happens with the drumming techniques on acoustic guitar is that you get guys who sound like their left hand or whatever is playing the strings and producing the notes because it's just drums it's very very quiet yeah and then their right hand or whatever is hitting the drums at the time if you hit you know a guitar body that's a drum sound it's it's pretty loud yeah so you have a real mismatch and people don't know how to get a good balance uh, hopefully they notice at least that mm. there's a problem but sometimes they don't even notice and you just hear these guys who sound like somebody playing like very quiet guitar on a building site you know what i mean well yeah. well that Definitely. somebody's just beating the crap out of a piece of wood, you know, or something, it's, and it's horrendous. Yeah, no, definitely. So it's try, I explain how to avoid that problem, and it's a very simple solution, you know. Yeah. But I'll leave that in the video. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And also, you mentioned about your, um, you had surgical scars on your left arm from lifting up your arm too high, is that? Yeah, I do have the scars. Oh, really? Yeah, I do have the scars. <laughs> they're very small, it's keyhole surgery, so they're, they're really small. One in the front of the shoulder, the left shoulder and one in the back yeah and yeah it was it was from copying the playing position of um other guitarists because there there weren't many guitarists that i could look to and many videos that you could find of people doing um weird extending techniques and stuff on acoustic guitar when i was younger so i had to figure out a lot of it for myself 
Uh, and it's funny with posture, some people can play guitar in, with terrible posture all their lives and they never have any problems. And some people are not so lucky, you know. So we have to assume, if you're a younger guitarist who's never had any problems, but assume that you're one of the ones who's going to not be so lucky, yep. you know, to, because just fix your posture just in case, you know. Yeah. Because oh. it ends, ends careers, it ends people's playing career, and that's really sad. And if you're going to be using the, an instrument in an unconventional way, hmm. for example, you're going to be playing with your arm raised up so you can play upside down, yeah. so you're approaching the neck from above, or you're reaching around and hitting the guitar, and it's quite a big instrument. You need to think about the position of your shoulders and the position of your back, yeah. and um, it's really, really key. And I just give one very fundamental kind of postural piece of advice. Yeah. yeah. It's the most important one. It is. And it's... Um, you know, it's it's very hard on a video to explain to somebody exactly how to hold your spine or something. You know, so yeah. I'm not a yoga teacher or something. You yeah, know, yeah. so it, it's but in terms of the one piece of advice that I give, that's the key one that has avoided me from having problems, and it's improved my technique. And that yeah. was the big fear when I had surgery. It's like when I come back and I have to change the way that I play. I can't keep going how I was going, so I'll just end up in the hospital again. Yeah. yeah. So I change my posture. Is this going to ruin? my technique, will I still be able to play? And I, so I changed my technique, I changed my posture based on advice from different health experts and it improved my playing, it improved my technique and it meant I could play for longer yep. without getting tired. And at first there was a bit of a learning curve when I changed the position of my body. It was weird for mm. a while, but then when you get used to it, it was like, wow, it was just it was so much easier to play. So... Yeah. Well, I guess it, it's very similar. I mean, I've been doing guitar and martial arts all my life, pretty much. And it, the same principle really applies in martial arts as well. You, know, you learn the wrong technique and you know, you're not going to last long. You know, it's the same same thing, really. I do yoga. I've been doing yoga for years, which is basically like martial arts, except, um, you know, we don't need to... We Yoga people, we don't feel the need to prove ourselves by uh, by hitting people we're, we're already tough yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're already so tough <laughs> we no, and i find that you know if i get any trouble in the street yeah. what i do is i just go into like uh cobra or downward dog yeah. and the guy who's attacking me in the street he just runs away in pure terror at the sight. <laughs> he's just so intimidated <laughs> he's so intimidated by my crescent pose you know that's obviously. great yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, anyway, it's uh, it's a similar thing. But if you do, people think yoga is good for you, and it is. Yeah. But if you do it wrong, it's bad for you, like everything else, you know. So. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, but overall, this that lesson one, that riff one, that slap it out, it's got some really good. Um, yeah, you, know, you just explain a lot of things in there, which I think a lot of people would get a lot out of. So yeah, uh, definitely. Honest, you could just get riff one from that video if you just learn that and listen to everything that I'm saying about how to play that. Yeah, it's the first one in the video. I explain a lot of basic stuff. Yeah, then that's the one where I, I would just wish everybody would watch that one. Yeah, every percussive guitarist would watch that one so they they figure out that stuff. Um, so we'll go into riff two, which is uh, floating butterfly tapping. Yeah. Um, now the good thing with this, the controlling of the volume of the pull-offs in the like the bass drum, how you're doing the both th- things together. Oops. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's this is what's yeah really cool about the kind of percussive guitar. Yeah. You now, if I say this at some point in the video, I can't remember exact every single word, but hmm. um, people think that playing piano is complex. You know, yep. Guitarists look at piano players and think, "Wow, they've got such two-hand independence." But if you start doing two-handed guitar playing, especially percussive guitar playing, yep. then it's way more complex because a piano player, all he's ever doing is pushing a key down, really. Yep. Whereas if you want to do a pull-off with your left hand and then a kick drum with your right hand, those are completely different techniques, it is, completely yeah. different sounds, and you've got to really be able to shift your focus between your left hand and your right hand. And it's, um, yeah, otherwise you get some horrible sounds. And sometimes when I'm playing now, when I'm playing my stuff, some some little note will suddenly go doing, it'll <laughs> ping out because I haven't controlled that, you know, it's just gone past and I wasn't focusing and you can't focus on everything all the time. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you just have to trust your fingers. So yeah. it still happens. Oh, yeah. Actually, I made a note of that. You did make a note. Uh, you spoke about, I think it was in the next, next lesson, actually, where you spoke about the having great independence for keys and drums, but 
really having a great independence for the guitar playing as well. But I find, like, especially your style yourself, it's to me, it's really like a genius. Yeah, a lot of people play guitar, but the stuff that you do with your both hands, keeping the drum beat, plus on top of that, you're, you're singing on some of the songs. It's not many people can do that. <laughs> That's incredible for me. I don't know. It's not though. It's not. It just seems hard because it it's a bit new and it's it's not that tough you know and mm. you know it blows my mind like drum singing drummers i think that's harder than what i do yeah. i don't know how they do it but the point is that you just learn to do one thing really really well yeah and then you can do the other thing at the same time but you still have to break down introducing the second thing to the first thing so it doesn't matter how good you are at performing task number one yeah. that's complex you can't suddenly just start doing task number two but what i'll find is that i'm singing mm playing guitar, which might have a bass line, a melody line, a drum part on the guitar. And then I could be thinking about what I'm going to have for my dinner. You know, yeah. my brain isn't doing any of that stuff, yeah. not consciously, yeah, yeah. not even the words, not even the singing. Mm. You know, that's totally, totally normal. But um, yeah, when I see a singing drummer, I'm like, man, that is real independence. And also I can tell you that I'm not a genius. I'm pretty sure about that because yeah. I find things really, really difficult. And I think probably geniuses find things quite a lot easier you know, than I do. Yeah. <laughs> it takes me a long time to learn new techniques and learn new songs and practice them. You know, I find things hard, you know. Yeah. So it takes us to riff number three, the, the finger-style rhino dance. Now, you do mention Andy McKee in this, this little lesson here, and I noticed I saw a YouTube video of you performing with him. So how, how was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I did talk with Andy. So, okay, so what the Andy thing is that in, in this one is there's a particular percussive technique that he uses and um, that he got from Don Ross, I assume, actually. I, I don't know if I've ever asked Andy where he got it from, but he got a lot of things from Don Ross, and Don Ross uses this technique a lot. Yeah. I don't know where Don got it from. I should ask him someday. Yeah. But it's... Um, but it's also an old technique that like John Martin used to use, you know, I mean, that's not that old, but you know, I'm talking 1970s. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a cool thing and it's a cool way of introducing bits of percussion into your finger style. But then I also include some drums that Andy would never play really in, yeah. in that finger style group, which, which are more like my friend Thomas Lieb. So, you know, I'm one of those guys who, where I'm really influenced by people who came before me a lot. Yep. that are mentioned in the video mm. but i'm also happy really happy to be influenced by people who are from my generation and younger kids as well yep. so there's stuff in the video that i've taken from people who are influenced by me you know okay. and then they've come up with some new technique or some new little approach yeah and i've thought wow that is so cool and and just you know i, I think for me that's what technique in music is you know it's the, it's one of the great things that you can pass from musicians to musician it's like if you come up with a new it can be a compositional technique as well it doesn't have to be a physical playing technique it's like here's a new little way of getting from one chord to the next chord or or whatever yeah and then other people start using it and then you get you know whole new genres of music being created and yeah yeah. Anyway, I went on the tangent there. I can't remember what your question was. <laughs> no, Andy that's McKee. right. <laughs> <laughs> I did a tour with Andy in 2012. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just about yeah the Andy McKee thing. So yeah. 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 He's, he's very nice. He's a very very nice man. He's a really 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 good guy. Um, he's very you know very down to earth. He's very much different to me. Like he's uh, much more like I'm a city boy from the UK where everything's grim and grey and and people can be aggressive and, and tough and and he's a like from kansas and he's drinks milk with his dinner yeah. and you know he, he, he's just got he's got this midwestern vibe i remember him putting a picture of him sitting on a tractor on uh, on facebook and it was like just finally he's just really different he, he's like really but he's a he's a kind gentle generous really really nice guy yeah yeah and he's a he is genius to me because he's 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 a fantastic guitar player, an outstanding guitar player, you know, really amazing. I really look up to him. And he's also an amazing composer, and he composes from the heart. And it's funny, I was talking about this with somebody recently, and I was thinking that sometimes with my composing, I get, I want to do something, like, mm. 
I want to use a particular scale or I want to have a sound that is new and weird and not like the obvious chord. Yep. Whereas Andy doesn't care about that. He wants to just create melodies that come from the heart and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes when I'm composing, if I get stuck and I'm going to go down a pathway and I'm going to introduce something that's too complex or different for the sake of it, for the sake of my ego, I just kind of think, what would Andy do? And I just, just I, I pull myself back and realize, you know, what's the song about? What's it for? And just go back to basics and then write from my heart, which is what Andy always does. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. great. Great, great. Yeah, no, very good. I mean, you also talk about more than words in this lesson as well, which is I mean, a great little exercise. Yeah. You know, I give my students now just to work on that, you know, the little thumping in between, which is really cool. Yeah, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. It's such a cool tune. I love Nuno. He's a god to me. He's yeah. like the funkiest white man who ever lived. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> just, that, just that groove, man. And he's just, yeah. But yeah, so his, his acoustic stuff is, it's, it's not it's not his forte, but when he does it, yep. it's freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, we saw him two weeks ago here in Melbourne. And um, he came out to this whole acoustic piece. And yeah, it's really good. <laughs> he has one called Midnight Express from the. Um, three sides to every story album which is quite a shred piece with a drop D tuning it's got kind of a slightly uh, I think some of it's in I'm trying, I'm trying to tap out the rhythm now yeah. it's in five some of it's in five yeah I was okay. just trying to remember yeah. some of it's in five and it's really kind of this big strumming thing which is kind of somewhere between Jimmy Page and you know I guess yeah it's really great Now, riff four, Afterglow, Jazz Trip. Now, this one, okay, yeah. I started going through this one, and I was going really good until you added, <laughs> <laughs> until, until you added the bass line in. And it was like, yeah, yeah. oh, wow, my head's going crazy. <laughs> yeah, so the thing is, you, that's, the, that's the thing, right? You can break it down and yeah. do, one, do one part, yeah. then do the next part and add that. So you've got a melody and it's got a percussion thing. Yep. And then you add the third part, and then it's like, okay, I can't do it. Yeah. And, you know, most... Most people are going to fall apart when they try and add the second part. So you're doing really well to get the third part. But the point is that you then have to go back down to basics. So the way that I explain how to learn things Mm. is, you know, break it down, break it down, break it down. And that's how I demonstrate it. And one thing that I always talk about is being able to talk your way through the music that you're doing. So explain it in your own head as you do it. But some guitarists aren't like that. Some guitarists don't work like that. Mm. Um, and they just want to just do it on instinct. And that's totally cool. But I'm not one of those guys. Yeah. But I always think those guys can only play stuff that they can play. And then if you want to try and play something different, yeah. they can't do it Because they can only play the stuff that fits within their own style. They can only play the stuff that their instinct presents to them, you know? Yeah. So... I'm not one of those guys. I'm, one of, I'm, I'm somebody who wants to break it down and understand it and figure it out. Well, that really comes across great on the, the video I found. Is, um, like, yeah, between the, the whole talking through every part of the, the songs and the, the tab, you know, having the two different lines, it's, it's great. You know, it's a really good um, way of learning. And just the way you break it down, yeah. you know, it's really good too. But I'm really glad. I'm really glad you like it. For me, I, I see a lot of things and... Yeah. Um, and it's like I don't know how to play this I've got to kind of teach myself and that's an experience that I've had a lot with instructional videos and with other things as well is that you get the material you get the instructional video or whatever and it's demonstrated to you how to do it but then you actually need to do it yourself and sometimes you know you're there with the pause button trying to stop at a certain point to try and figure out what the guy's doing yeah so you can really break down and you, and then you think, hang on a minute, this was supposed to be an instructional video. Why am I using the pause button? The ultimate <laughs> example of that is the Ingve Malmsteen instructional video, yeah. which is incredible if you want to watch Ingve Malmsteen shred. Yeah. But if you actually want to learn his technique, it's almost like he doesn't want you to know how to do it. <laughs> so he's like demonstrating it. Yeah. But it's almost like it's a bit of secret. So when he plays, he plays it fast. And then he plays it, you know, at full speed. And then he yeah. plays the same thing slowed down. Yeah. And it's only a tiny bit slower you know, <laughs> the first time. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really, really interesting. And this is a thing I think with pre-internet musicians, you know. Yeah. So there's a famous. Who was it? I can't remember. I read an interview once. I think it was with with Buddy Guy. Okay. 
And he was talking about trying to learn from this guitarist in his hometown, which I guess is Chicago. I know he lives in Chicago. Like, it's like his base. Mm. So I've been to his venue. But um, but he, I remember he was learning off a guitarist and, and this he started going to watch this guy play. Yeah. Try and figure out, you know, what he was doing and stuff. And, and the guy, the guitarist on stage, could see Buddy Guy in the audience, like, watching him, like, gig after gig. And he started to turn around and play with his back to the audience ah. so that he couldn't see what he was doing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, his licks. It's so weird, especially in the blue style, yeah. where to be you know, totally frank, yeah. the Chicago blue style, 75% of the songs are kind of based around the same few structures, you yeah. know, and, and the licks are the same few licks, you know. It's not, it's, it's about how they're done. It's about the style that people play them with that makes them different. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's weird. But I think since the internet, like with my generation of musicians, we don't have that at all. So yeah. as far as I know, maybe everyone's cursing me for stealing <laughs> <their> ideas. <laughs> I don't know. But like, but like, you know, I wrote a tune. So that Rhino tune is yep. based on one of my songs called That for the Last Rhino, which is, uh, which is a, dedicated to Thomas Lieb, who's a great friend of mine, like brothers, you know, and he's an amazing guitar player. Yep. He's a genius. And um, the first person I ever played that piece to was Thomas's wife. Okay. And, uh, and she was just totally freaked out because it's like, wow, it sounds like Thomas, but it's not. It's like a completely original thing yeah. from a piece of music that sounds exactly like Thomas. And it really, really freaked her out. <laughs> it was really, really funny. And I've done the same thing with like, I wrote a tune called Topeka, which is dedicated to Andy McKee, who we already mentioned. Yeah. And I was trying to, again, use some of Andy's techniques and just try and get inside his musical head and write what's called a pastiche, where this piece of music sounds like another composer could have written it mm. and um, dedicated that to him, you know? And he, right. loved, he loves it. He always asks me to play it to him. So that's really to good. me, that's that's really a big part of music. And yeah, you know, no, that's great. That's good. Really good to hear. And now, also in the same one, you talk about like using the fingers, IMA. Which um, now, did you ever study classical guitar? Yeah, when I was very young. Okay. I did, yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought because not many people talk about IMA, so I, I did the same. I studied when I was young as well. So thought that oh, was interesting. <laughs> Get on board with the ring finger thing. I know it's the, this is the, what we're supposed to call it, the ring finger. But to yeah. me, it's like, no, it's a annular. It's the, yeah. It means the same thing. It's just in Spanish or whatever. But yeah. it's, the, it, you know, to me, I like to use the correct terminology for things just because it has historical precedent and there's no, I like tradition, you know. Yeah. I don't play like a traditional way, but I, I, love, I love tradition and paying respect to things. So, yeah. yeah but yeah. I also use my pinky, which is... Oh, sick, you do, do you? Which some... Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, see, Chico, that's the word. Yeah. So I, I use uh, all five fingers, or oh. four fingers and thumb on my right hand for plucking strings, yeah. Oh, well. That's very different. So I'm not... It's weird. I don't... It's so weird that people find it weird, because, yeah. like, I remember when I was a kid playing, like, lead guitar, electric guitar, yep. and, like, older guitarists taking the piss out of me because I was using my little finger on my left hand like I was a geek for doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, don't use your little finger, you geek. You know, <laughs> who do you think you are, you know? <laughs> John Williams. <laughs> or, you know, you know <laughs> Segovia. Yeah. Why are you using your little finger to play blues? And um, to me, that's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. You've got four fingers, why would you not use one? And everybody uses all their fingers on their left hand now, but people still have this same weird attitude about the right hand, like yeah. they shouldn't use the little finger. Yeah. I don't know why. No, no reason for it. Yeah. Anyway. Now, the other thing I did struggle with this one is um, the second part where you do the bass drum and the picking the notes at the same time. It's like the hand comes down and picking. Yeah. That yeah, was really so tricky. All the technique there where you've got to be able to move your hand in this very, very particular way. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, it just takes a lot of practice and it takes finding the exact point where you like to do it yep. on the guitar and on your hand and what sounds good. I demonstrate a couple of different places you can hit the guitar yep. and I show you the one that I choose. The one that I choose is like really painful at mm. first, mm. Uh, but kind of getting used to it. But then the, um, the other option, which is the more common option is, is, you know, it doesn't hurt your hand when you do it, but it's, um, I don't think it, I think it's a little bit harder to do and, um, I don't think it always sounds as good, but that's the one that uh, most guys use. So yep. if you watch uh, 
Mike Dawes, who's a friend of mine as well, if you've seen him play, or um, Alexander Misko uh, from Russia, who's had a quite a few Facebook and YouTube viral hits with covers. Okay. Um, he had the, was it Careless Whisper? He had some George Michael song. Oh, right. yeah. uh, a bigger style version of that that went crazy. He's got, yeah. you know, 50 million hits or something on Facebook. And yeah. Um, yeah, So he's a you know friend of mine as well. And yep. He uses that same technique a lot. I always watch and see how different people do the different techniques. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely tricky. It's man, just but... that just takes practice. Just takes practice. It's like an individual move that you just got to get you, you, under your hand. But it's weird when you learn new ways of moving yeah. your wrist or your fingers or your thumb, and you've got to learn to move them that way. It is, when you're yeah. a guitarist, you assume that if you learn a new piece of music, yep. you're not going to have to learn actually how to move your fingers again. You're just yeah. going to have to learn the new notes. But, yeah. but with this stuff, you've got to learn new new movements. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing guitar for what, nearly 35 years now, and I think after watching your DVD, I felt like a beginner again. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's all these new techniques. <laughs> good or bad? No, it's good. You like it? You liked the? Did you enjoy the feeling? Oh yeah, you know, I like, did actually. I did for sure. Yeah, it's just it's like, like you know, if you do martial arts yeah. and you get really good at one martial art, right? so you get really good at you know taekwondo or whatever. Yeah. But then you might think, you know, I'd like to do something now that I suck at yeah, yeah. so I can go back because when you're good at something yeah. there's a pressure to it and there's also it becomes more like work mm. and also boring and if you go back to do something that you suck at like whether it's a different martial art or whether it could be something completely new as a hobby to do then you get that thrill when you get of not being able to do something at all and then you can do it yeah. and to me that's really cool whereas when you're already really good at something you don't get that very often because you can kind of do everything and if you learn something new you've probably only got to learn 10 percent of it you know so yeah oh that was a great feeling and i'm sure yeah everyone else that hopefully everyone listening who does get the dvd that yeah it's just going to open up doors for a lot of playing and i don't know for me myself it has which is great great i'm yeah. really glad i'm yeah. so glad yeah it's exciting, huh? No. Learn a couple of the riffs. Do you think you do you think you would actually uh, want to learn the riffs like note for note and learn them, or do you think you would be more like, okay, now I understand how to use this technique. I'm gonna just play with it. Yeah, probably for me, probably more. Yeah, just learn technique. Maybe learn a couple of little things. Yeah, yeah. Feel even like the um, you know, some of the, the hammer on things with the harmonics and things. Because I do a lot of acoustic gigs as well for myself. So yeah, probably more incorporating the techniques into some of my playing. Right. Because one thing I hadn't realised was because I'm I was just I'm just curious yeah because um, obviously there's different properties and because you're quite experienced as a musician you yeah. kind of know what you want you yeah. so you're thinking do I want to go down fully down this road and yeah because it's you know this guitarist and I I spent a summer trying to be Stanley Jordan who I mentioned earlier and yeah. then I realised this is a lifetime's work yeah you know you either learn to play like Stanley Jordan or you don't yeah you know that's it yeah it's right so I just stole things and i do use some kind of eight what you call eight finger tapping yep. techniques in some of my playing mm. so i stole a few things and then moved on and put it in the drawer and said i'm never going to be stanley jordan you know and i can't be stanley jordan and also be you learn things it's too hard and yep. there's other guitarists who are like that i would say tuck andres is uh who's a finger style jazz guitarist is the same i would say um alan holdsworth is the same you know it's a lifetime's work if you want to play like those guys yeah. just do their style Oh, for sure. And I don't, I don't know if that's true with me. I, I, I doubt it. But it's one of the reasons that I try to create bite-sized chunks of music rather than, you know, you've got to learn the whole thing. Mm. But one thing that I, I'm finding really cool since I released the video, yep. and it's only been like less than two weeks or something, Yeah, um, is because I made it into little riffs. They're starting to appear on Instagram. Oh, really? <laughs> so people... People are learning like riff one, riff ah, two, right? Okay. And then putting it up on Instagram. And if they put a hashtag with my name in it, yeah. which I haven't suggested, I don't even think of it, you know. Yeah. But if they put a hashtag with my name in it, then I see it. I've got a search set up where I don't know if I always see them, but I, it, when I when I go on my Instagram feed, it shows me like things that are hashtag John Gong, right? Ah, okay. Um, show, show me a couple anyway every day. So yeah. I've, I've actually gone on there and commented. It's like like one time somebody was doing it slightly wrong. Yeah. So I said I was able to correct the error. Oh, that's really good. Um, 
uh, you know, hopefully in a nice way. <laughs> so, so it, it, to me, it's just so exciting. I hadn't anticipated that, but in the world of like Instagram videos where people are uploading just yep. a video that's only like 30 seconds long, then having these riffs, you know, it's really cool that people can upload them. Uh, yeah. I really believe you'll get like both ways of people, like you say, learning the riffs and doing it. And even like for someone like myself, actually watching the whole DVD, I could watch it without a guitar in my hand and then go back and to the guitar and you know get the ideas and just put it into some type of playing, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. That's yeah. very cool that you feel able to do that. I'm really that's I'm really glad about that. Yeah, yeah I mean, just the way you explain everything, you know, you understand everything. You know, the tabs there, so you can always look at the tab to see what's going on and just get the ideas and yeah, go for it from there. Yeah, awesome. I'm really glad. Yeah. Now I'll go to riff five, which is harmonic waterfall. Now, okay, yeah, yeah. Now this, this one... Really, this one's pretty intense. Yeah, there's, so this one really shows your percussion techniques as well. Yeah. Um, now, did you ever play drums? No, no. No? <laughs> I don't play any instruments, really. I, tr- I played a little bit, but I really suck. Yeah. No, no, I just learned percussive, percussive guitar, so I was watching guys in the... Uh, so Michael Hedges was the great kind of progenitor of these extended techniques and um the first tunes i learned with percussive guitar in a in a modern sense mm. were like he's got a vocal tune called woman of the world which has some bits of like finger style and some percussion and some bits of you know, like left hand tapping stuff and harmonics all in the same tune and i used to play that on every gig back in the old days you know yeah. and um then there's uh, vicky genfan who's another percussive guitarist and singer and then Preston Reed, who's an instrumental guitarist, and you know the, these are the progenitors. And then before, even before that, though, I was learning percussive guitar from a blues context okay. um, before, before I'd ever heard any of those guys. Mm. Um, but it was really Michael Hedges who set set it on fire for me. But that that lick that you're talking about, that riff that you're talking about, is really Preston Reed inspired. Okay. And uh, yeah, I think I've talked about him quite a lot when I'm explaining that that riff and and yeah. how he would play it and even some things that I learned about his technique that from talking to him personally, um, which really opened my eyes as to why he was able to do it so well. Mm. And yeah, it's one of those things where it looks, and this is really fun as well. It looks so hard. Yep. It looks so hard to play, but actually it's not that hard. It really, really isn't yeah. because this kind of, I find this sometimes there's two kinds of guitarists um, there's some guys who are very good at very detailed things and they're very good at moving their fingers really quickly and independently. Yeah. And then there's the guys who are more physical and it's more from the arms and the shoulders and the kind of, you know, the gut almost. And they might not be so good at, at the kind of shredding, but they have great groove and great rhythm. And it's funny because these techniques actually are quite good for the second kind of player, even though they seem very technical. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be a super technical guitarist who's very dexterous to be able to play these techniques. Yeah. Because it's basically using, using one finger on each hand a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Now we'll go to riff six. It's a strum and drum. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, one yeah. has some really nice chords in it. I noticed. Now, I want to ask you yeah, about yeah. everything. Sounds nice in that tuning. Yeah, <laughs> it's a magic tuning. Well, that's the next question oh, I had for yeah. you because I noticed with the tuning, like yeah, you got the different tuning. But when you write songs like that, do you think, as in chords, or you just feel what you know plays what feels nice? Oh, it sounds nice. Sorry. No, I don't. I don't think of chords. So I, I don't think of you know this is you know F or C or D minor or yeah. Yep. Anything like that. I sometimes because I'm quite musically schooled, like I've, you know, I'm, I've learned a lot of theory and stuff. Yeah. So sometimes I can't help noticing if I'm playing, if I've just gone to the six minor or I've just gone to the three minor or I'm just playing like a secondary dominant chord or what, you know, whatever, you know, or yeah. if it's an inversion, I can't help but notice that because it just, I hear it and I know, I know it. Yeah. But, um, 
I don't care about it too much. The only context where I really care about it is I try to avoid playing the same thing over and over. So the danger is if you play in a different tuning or if you play in a lot of different tunings, which I do in my kind of original songwriting, the danger is that you can end up writing the same thing over and over again just in different tunings or at least very similar things. So like I've, I know of guitarists who use a different tuning for every song. Yep. But almost every song that they write is in the Aeolian mode and they're going from like A minor to F or yeah. E minor to C. Yep. And it's that same one minor to flat six major like chord change that they're doing in, in, in every in every piece almost. Yeah. But maybe they don't realise because they're you know, writing it on the guitar in different tunings, they don't actually realise that actually to most people their songs are kind of going to sound very similar to each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that, that can be a little danger. But actually for me, I really enjoy the fact that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm I'm just playing with my fingers and finding sounds that sound good, you know. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, because I, you know, I tried playing uh, some of the chords and, Oh, it's really nice. Don't know what I'm playing, but it's great. You know, <laughs> just sounded really yeah, nice. Exactly. Yeah, just don't worry about it. You know, when you when you can worry about it, yeah. uh, which for me is quite a recurrence these days. But when you can worry about it is when you play it and you want another musician to join in, or maybe you record it and yeah. you want to record a guitar over the top, and then you've got to sit down with your guitar in regular tuning yeah. and figure out what the chords are. And I did a, I did a video with with Tom Quayle, who actually produced this the lesson that you've watched. Essential percussive guitarist. Yeah, yeah, Tom Quayle filmed it and, and edited it. Okay. And Tom is a world-renowned electric guitarist. Have you heard of Tom before? No, no, I haven't. So he's a fusion player. Okay. And I met him at East College. Yeah. And now he's like he's got he's just launched his Ibanez signature model guitar, and yeah. you know he's it's really big deal. And he's a, he's a, an a extraordinary guitarist, okay. and he's very into very kind of, I guess you would say, advanced jazz harmony. Yep. You know, really complex, weird stuff. And we did a jam, a video where he's like jamming with me on one of my songs. Mm. And it is on the jazzier end of my kind of spectrum of writing. It's called telepathy. Yeah, yeah. And there's one of the chords in the intro where I included this chord and it's quite dissonant. The chord's really, really dissonant. And I'm really into using dissonant chords in kind of a Jeff Buckley kind of a way. And Tom who's a guy with a jazz degree and, you know, he studied so much. He, he couldn't figure out what he could play over that chord. Oh, really? He couldn't figure out what he should pull the chord really. And he couldn't figure out what to play. Oh, and wow. to me, that was just hilarious. It was, yeah. just, it was just brilliant. <laughs> I, I once had a, I remember once I was at the same jazz college and, you know, this jazz degree course. And I once had a chord marked wrong. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell does that work? He <laughs> was like, no, you can't, this chord is wrong. <laughs> I said what? Wrong. And I, I said, what's wrong with it? He said it's got a flat nine in it. You know, from the from the root to the flat nine, an octave above, it's going to sound horrendous. <laughs> and I, I said, play it. You know, and yeah. there's a piano in the room, and he played it, and he said, play play that chord and play the next chord. I said, and he did it, and he said, okay, it's fine. <laughs> and <then> he, he <laughs> changed my grade. Oh well. Wow. You know? But the the idea that you could just have a chord. Marked wrong. Yeah, it's so hilarious. <laughs> it's so stupid. No, no offense. He was a very great, you know, jazz musician, the, the teacher. But it was like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I remember somebody, somebody once played him. Like he walked into a room and somebody was listening to some like, I can't remember what it was, but it was metal. Yeah, you know, it was like math, like maths rock of some kind. Okay, very cutting edge time, right? Hmm. And and Tony, the teacher, walked in. He's a he's a swing drummer and brilliant arranger and brilliant composer and he walked into the room and he kind of listened to this metal for a bit with this confused look on his face <laughs> then we said uh, he didn't say anything we said tony did he did he like it did he like the music and he said well it's okay it doesn't really swing it's not really supposed to swing tony yeah, <laughs> that's <just> right <laughs> yeah that's great oh really yeah. Yeah. you need those guys Jack fascists, we need them. We need them because they take us all. I mean, they make beautiful music, but they also take us all in directions that we would yeah. never otherwise go. You know, that's right. So they might not understand what we're doing yeah. always, but and they might not care either. But um, 
it, it doesn't matter because what they're doing is so important. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good. Uh, now the other one in this riff six as well with the strum and drum was the uh, the flick he did. You know, on the rim of the sound hole, which takes a lot of getting used to, I guess, and without hurting the fingers too much. Yeah, it's a flamenco thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just a flamenco technique. It hurts a little bit less on flamenco guitars because the wood's so light and thin. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so sorry about that. Sorry no. about that. It will <laughs> yeah. hurt a bit. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not going to do you any put any techniques in the video that are going to do you any harm. You know. No. So it's, uh, it's that's a flamenco technique that I got from. You know, I learned a bit of flamenco guitar when I was a young kid. Yeah. And I'm not a flamenco guitarist by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I just stole some of the techniques to use in kind of contemporary percussive guitar. And that yeah. one's really, I really like that riff that you've mentioned yeah. because it's a one I think for a lot of people is okay. We've done all, we've been introduced to some really crazy techniques so far yeah. that are very advanced. But now this one is just okay. I'm just strumming some chords, mm. and I just introduce some percussion in a simple way, and it doesn't have to be all about you know two-handed tapping and upside-down hands and yeah. slapped harmonics. It yeah. can actually be just quite simple. So. So next one, Riff 7, Melodic Ghost. Which has got a, a beautiful melody, I must uh, say. Oh, thanks. Uh, really proud of that one. That's actually a new tune that I'm working on. Okay. Though I've finished, but I composed dissected it and turned it into an example that was pretty tough there's a lot of techniques in it yeah but it's quite slow i really really like it i'm, I'm really excited about releasing it it'll be on the next album yeah it's in a different tuning to the to the original video okay um, but it's basically a pretty simple riff what i was going for with it is actually um uh, there's a song by jeff beck called where were you okay. from his album guitar shop yep which has always been one of my absolute favorite guitar tunes it's a lot electric guitar tune yeah and it's just kind of jeff beck lead guitar and some uh synth chords and it's i think the keyboard player wrote it is it maybe it was max middleton i don't remember who actually wrote it okay. but it's um it's an absolutely beautiful tune mm. and it's the way the melody is spaced that makes it so beautiful and um there's certain ways that he bends strings within the melody which make it great as well. So that's what I was going for, you know, that, that's what I wanted to create. Um, and then the finished tune that I've written that will be on the album has some different sections as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to releasing it, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. And even like you did the, the picking the, the harmonic note, like, yeah, you usually fret it like, um, you know, if you're doing harmonics, you, you fret it on the, like where the sound hole is, but you're, uh-huh. you're actually doing it on the other side so you can get that rhythmic thing as well. So that, that was a really cool technique. As well, yeah. There's, I mean, it's funny. Sometimes I do stuff like I've got a new tune that I, as well. That I've played to some people, and that I, I play it, and it involves me. Tune, I do tuning tricks. I they saw that the video. That was amazing. <laughs> because yeah, the tuning, the tuning tricks that I do with it, where I'm actually retuning the pegs. You need these special locking banjo pegs to do them, really. Okay. And so I didn't, didn't put them in the video. Maybe I'll make a video for those in the yeah. future. But yeah. most people don't have those pegs, right? Yeah. And. Um, that's something I got from Adrian Legg, who's a fantastic fingerstyle guitarist, um, and he's a big influence on me. Mm. And now some younger guys are using it, like the Alex- Alexander Misko that I mentioned before, he's using those pegs because he's inspired by me. So it's just okay. so cool how the techniques get passed on, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I just have a new song where I actually do the retuning, but I actually reach over with my right hand to twist the tuning peg. All right. And the only reason I do that, my left hand's busy, right? Yeah. I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. When I wrote it, I just thought, I'll just do, do it with that hand. And I remember playing it to some guys, all guitarists, and they were like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. You know? And they, they're just completely, what are you doing? You know, It just looks insane when you do it. Yeah. And then I actually kind of thought about it, and I think I played it in, a, in front of a mirror. I thought... Wow, it does look really cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really good. Yeah. But sometimes that can be annoying because that tune is something that's like, I'm really proud of the song and it's really emotionally significant to me. And I wrote it for my, my daughter. And yeah. then these guitarists are all watching it, just watching my hands flying around. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I would just like to just rewrite this song and just yeah. have 
no guitar in it or something so people don't get distracted <laughs> sometimes it, yeah it's a weird thing you know it's a weird thing but it's worked well in the past with my other songs like passion flower where people have watched the technique and been drawn in by that mm. and then they actually listen to the comp of the song and the lyrics and the melody yeah. and they like it you know so that's sometimes worked for me in the past sometimes not always you know yeah <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> yes um, and I also noticed the, the guitar strap in this video that you had. The, um, it's like more like a, a saxophone strap, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I talk about it in the video. No, no, I, I just remember. noticed it. That's how I thought yeah. you'd bring it up. Yeah, I'm not actually standing up when I film the videos because it took so long to film. It, I, you know, I didn't want to be standing up for hours. And it can look kind of weird as well, I think. So I just was sitting down to play. And I never do that usually. When I'm practicing at home, I stand up, you know. So, um, yeah, I have this strap which... Um, I don't know if you can even buy them anymore. It was a, a woman in Canada, in Quebec, was making them. Yeah. I think she had a guitarist friend who had a shoulder injury, and she made a strap where it goes around both shoulders, a bit like a saxophone strap. Yep. Um, so a few of my f friends use them, having seen mine. Like Thomas Lee uses one now. Mm. I, I think he saw mine. Maybe he just found them for himself. I don't know. Okay. And then... Um, there's some younger guys who are kind of making their own. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah, really, cool. really, 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 really useful thing. It keeps the guitar in place when you're doing crazy techniques, you know, because your hands aren't holding the guitar in place. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it keeps the guitar just fixed. Yeah. Which is yeah. brilliant. No, it's really good. And then the other thing you um, talk in this one also is about the the hammer-ons, which now going back to the the martial arts, you also do the comparison to the Bruce Lee. One inch punch, which is really cool. Oh shit! Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking. About no, no, <laughs> no, it's true it's though. A metaphor. I want to clear that it's a metaphor. Um, I've watched videos of that one-inch punch, and it kind of looks like he's just pushing guys over. To be honest, no. <laughs> I don't know if it's real. You know. No, you're exactly right. Like what magic. you said. Yeah, it was good. That's how I describe the hammer-on technique. I've yeah. heard it described by other very top players. I think electric players more. That as like you're supposed to. When you when you do a hammer on, you should imagine that you're following through, yep. and you, like I just and you and you, you hit the string, but then you push through the string. But I think that's opposite of what you should do because that's how you just bend the strings out of tune. The whole point is you hit it as fast as you can from a short distance, yeah. and then immediately relax. Yeah, you know, so it should yeah. be a movement. If you do it tense and follow and, and kind of punch through the string and and try to almost follow through and push through, then you'll just bend the string out of tune. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, correct. Um, now, yeah. so over to Riff 8, tapping messages. So your little tribute to it, um, message in a bottle? Yeah, so it's my version of that. So these yeah. techniques are from, this would work, I think there's one percussive hit in the whole in the whole riff, mm. where, I mean a drum hit where I'm hitting the wood. Yep. The rest of it is notes tapped out on the strings with both hands. Yep. And this one is very inspired by the tapping stuff that came about on electric guitar. So after the Eddie Van Halen kind of tapping revolution mm. in the kind of late 70s, early 80s, and all the, every kind of rock guitar hero was doing some kind of tapping, you know, two-hand tapping yeah. in their playing. Um, and then some quite creative guitarists took a hold of that and took it to new places um like um in particular i'm thinking of joe satriani in this case mm. so joe satriani has a bunch of tunes uh for example headless horseman is the earliest one i can think of and then day at the beach yep. and midnight and new blues so new blues it just it's the rhythm guitar part that's all tapping yep. and it's a way that he plays chords using two hands to hammer on the notes which give you a different sound. It enables you to play chords that you couldn't otherwise play. And sometimes, particularly in Hedl's Horseman, he uses pull-offs as well mm. up to the open string. And that's to kind of create a faster effect, you know? So yep. to me, it's transferring that onto acoustic guitar. It's just really, really obvious thing to do. And I'm not by no means the first person to do it on acoustic guitar. It's uh, Billy McLaughlin, Michael Hedges, Preston Reed, we're all doing like chordal tapping of some kind, mm. um, two-handed some kind. And Billy McLaughlin is probably the the guy who was the master of that. And, and so much of his playing 
was um, kind of built around that. Yeah, Billy McLaughlin, if you've never heard of him, yeah. he's well worth checking for you because his life story is, is truly incredible. He, he, uh, he lost basically um, because of a brain injury. Mm. Um, he, lost, he lost the ability to play guitar completely. Oh, oh wow. Down, and he's learned how to do it again. And his, uh, his story is truly inspirational, mm. truly inspirational. Yeah. Oh. I've never met him at all. I would love to. He's, uh, you know, a great, great hero of mine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's where that one comes from. Okay, yeah, I'll check that out for sure. It's a really cool way of playing, you know. It's just yeah, oh, it so, is. So, so much music out of the out of the guitar, you know, it's just, yeah. it's really fun. Um, now, Riff 9, we've got the, the Aerial Hammer. Thing I want to ask about this one is when you do it half a speed, did you find that trickier because you got the hammer-ons, you know, more pressure because you got to get those notes to ring rather than doing it full speed? I don't know. I don't remember, but I think it <laughs> probably is up to play at half speed that one. Yeah, For, it depends because because um, I wrote all these riffs, yeah. learned them, and then played them, had to record them all in, in a day or whatever. So it was like it's funny sometimes you've got to the point where you can get something to full speed and it's it's good and you can mm. do it and then when you actually break it down again yeah. to half speed it can be hard and that's something that i often do so when i've i've got a tune that i've been playing I could, one that i've been playing for years yeah. i'll just take that tune and i'll play it at half speed because that's a really good way of checking if you can really play it exactly. or if you're, if you're just fooling yourself you can play it and a very common thing to do you know yeah. a lot of good musicians do that um, so with that one, I think it was pretty hard. Yeah, it's a it's a tough riff. That one's a tough one. Yeah, well, know, that's why it's like on in the video. It's a really tough one. It involves a lot of different techniques, and it's really Michael Hedges inspired. Um, but I like the sound of it, and uh, hmm. it's got some stuff in it that I, I think is really important to get out there because a lot of people think that this kind of Michael Hedges post Michael Hedges style is something that it's not. They think it's more simple than it is. Hmm. You know, they think just create a little nee-nor, nee-nor, on-off, on-off melody with the left hand that's really two notes going round and round, yeah. and then play a simple bass line with the right hand, and they're Michael Hedges. And they're not Michael Hedges. They're a million miles away from Michael Hedges. Yeah. And I'm a million mile, miles away from Michael Hedges, but I'm closer than they are. So yeah. I'm just showing, I'm showing something that's a bit closer, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so right. I, I would never, ever compare myself to him. You know, but uh, favorably anyway. <laughs> I'll only ever say that I'm much worse. No. Um, yeah. I, I, he's, uh, he's just a god to me. So, I, but that's where I'm going, and that's where I'm trying to lead people and trying to explain that there's more to the tapping yep. hedges style than just the really kind of it's 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 not brain dead. It's really subtle and intricate. Yeah, that's right. So that one is pretty. T- yeah. So what the hell's riff ten? What's riff nine? <laughs> oh yeah. Cra- um, crazy Johnny's moment. Yeah, yeah. So this one's got some Preston Reed style playing in it and uh, some Andy McKee style stuff in it. So, yeah, like the right-hand melody is very much kind of the stuff that Andy became famous for with his drifting video. That's right. um, Where he's playing a melody using hammer-ons and pull-offs in a particular way with the right hand. And then sometimes he will do the the other thing I do in that riff, which is to play another melodic section with harmonics. Mm, So it's like a question and answer Melody, yeah. He does that in his piece called, oh, it's gone out of my head, <laughs> Hunter's Moon. Okay. Hunter's Moon. He has a, a beautiful, beautiful tune called Hunter's Moon. Yep. It's a really cool tapping tune. And he has like a, a hammer-on pull-off melody in the right hand. And then he has a harmonic melody with the right in the right hand. And they question and answer between the two. And I think that's so cool. Yep. And um, yeah, so... Those are the two players that I'm really channeling with that example, yeah. with Riff 10. But also the actual main riff is for one of my tunes, Crazy Johnny, which is a very, very old tune of mine and a pretty weird one. But actually, um, in that tune, I'm really just playing the the bass riff and the drums because I'm singing. Okay, yep. But in the riff, 
Racing for the video, I added a melody into it to make it an instrumental guitar riff rather than an accompaniment. Okay. So I, I really enjoy playing that, but it's really tough. I found it. I found, I found that really hard. So hopefully um, other people won't <laughs> find yeah. it as hard as I did. Yeah. I know that sounds weird. I'm supposed to be the expert and the teacher, but <laughs> you know, I, I think you'd I think you'd be surprised how uh, how tough I find things. So yeah. Um, yeah. No, but so, but I, I'm really proud of that one. It's it's really fun, yeah. and it's also quite. It's got kind of a funk, rock mm. groove to it, which is something that I really like. So yeah, but even the way you you're, like you're you're typing like the first melody, like you're saying the question and answer type thing, with that first one, you know, sliding in the other notes and picking at the same time. So just the way you explain all that in the video is really wow. good. That's interesting you say that because there's things that you can leave out. So there's always there's always well actually not always some of the riffs. You can just either play them or not, but a lot of the riffs that I, I play, I'm kind of introducing little elements of kind of you know just seasoning and flavor, like like slides or whatever, yep. Yep. which I explain in the video yep. of, of why I'm doing that. And um, but you can always leave those out because they do make it harder, you know. Yeah, yeah. They make it much harder. Yeah, for sure. Instead of just hammering off, pulling off with the left hand and right hand. And trying to figure out the independence of that, you might have to do a slide as well, which is a different movement. And yep. you kind of slide one hand, you want to slide in both, you know. So it's like, yeah. Uh, so you can leave those bits out and make it more manageable, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've only you know, really just touched on the surface of these songs, but the, the way you describe it in the, the DVD, I'm sure you know, a lot of people can get a lot out of. So, you know, anyone listening gets the DVD, I guarantee you'll get thousands of um, lessons out of it and just. Like I said at the start, you know, just what, even watching through it without a guitar in your hand, and then maybe go back and pick it up with the tabs and uh, get a clear understanding with, with the guitar in your hand, be really good as well. Yeah, I, I really hope people enjoy it. So far, uh, nobody's come back to me and said that they, you know, they don't like it. But when people don't always do that, you know, because yeah. they, might, they, don't want to, they don't want to be an asshole. But actually, there's a lot of people who do want to be an asshole. I guess on the internet, I'm um, so far. Nobody's come back and said they're, they're not happy with it, and no. you know, and uh, I'm I'm really pleased with it. Um, it's as good as I could do, anyway. I'm really, <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I'm really pleased with it. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. So I, I hope people get a lot from it. And there's just really so many techniques in there. I could have made a video which is just about like the kind of tapping and percussive techniques, mm. but I decided to include the strumming techniques, yep. the fingerstyle techniques. And introducing, you know, percussive guitar elements to those as well. So this, it's a lot. And um, a friend of mine who's quite an experienced uh, modern fingerstyle guitarist um, from Malaysia called Az Samad, and he um, wanted to. He he's got a blog and he wanted to review the video. So okay, I sent it to me. I've known him for for many years anyway. Yeah. So it's happy to, uh, for him to to do that. Really pleased for that. And he's uh, uh, one of the key things I wanted to get from him was like how long before I can release, you know, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because how long do you need yeah. to be able to digest all this stuff, you know? Um, because there's way more. There's way more. This is uh, just, you know, some of the techniques that I use. There's so much more to come, so. Oh, excellent. That'd be good. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, yeah, even myself, I just yeah, got a lot out of it. And, you know, and that's my job. I teach guitar. So, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to definitely cool. just open up a lot, lot more doors for me and uh, some of the techniques of adding into my little flavour of playing guitar. Yeah. Um, now, just to, sorry, back to your DVD. So, if people want to go, is the best way on your site? Just at jungum. That's the only way. Oh, is it? Okay. Find it anywhere else. Yeah. It's illegal and I'm not getting any money, so don't, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. So, it's right. only on my website. I mean, yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of companies out there who create instructional video products and stuff. Um, but my friend Tom Quayle, who I already mentioned, he, he um, releases his own instructional videos and he only sells them on his website. And yep. he's now got the whole following of people who, who are into his lessons. So I thought, you know, why why take it to a company yep. and give them my, the extra fan base and give them 50% of the money and just mm. do it myself, which is what I've always done with albums. So yep. um, we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe I won't sell very many, and I'll just have to <laughs> go and sign the deal. Yeah, one of the companies and one of the established companies. So yeah. I don't know, but hopefully not. Keep doing it myself. And you should check out Tom Quayle as well. If you've never heard of him, just go and yeah. have a little look on YouTube. 
uh, Tom. Tom Quayle, is it? It's Quayle. It's Q-U-A-Y-L-E. Oh, Y-L-E, okay. Yeah, he's an electric shred guy who kind of goes between kind of post-bop, modern jazz and rock. Okay. Um, so he definitely, you would call him fusion for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's, a, he's an absolute genius. And he's just had his Ibanez signature model guitar released, which is uh, like a kind of super strat, not in a heavy metal kind of a way, yeah. um, but more a kind of, this is a ultimate kind of strat mm. kind of guitar kitted out with the best pickups, kitted out with the best frets, the best neck, you know, like a, like a super high end boutique yep. strat. Okay. Um, Ibanez have decided to um, release some of those products and, and I've played it and it's, it's absolutely incredible guitar. And mm. yeah, so yeah. Tom's there. Yeah, no, an artist for that. Definitely checking yeah. it out for sure. He's actually made an instructional video on how to make guitar instructional videos. Oh, really? So he's actually made a video on how oh, to wow. make videos, and um, I, I won't I won't name them because I don't know if it's if they would want me to. But, <laughs> but there's a couple of uh, big name guitarists yep. who've bought, bought that video package from Tom, mm. and I know that they have they've come back to him with a couple of questions or you know or thanks yeah. or whatever and tom's talking about it because we're really good mates you know so so yeah there's some oh, wow. there's some quite big name guys who, who are clearly interested in learning Ooh. how tom makes his great instructional videos so i was very very fortunate to have him behind the camera and editing my videos for me yeah yeah but uh, hopefully yeah people listening to this now definitely check out the dvd that'd be cool adam oh uh, yeah it's been really really nice to talk to you and yeah. you know i'm really honored that you would consider doing a podcast with me when you've done it with so many just legends, you know? So I'm really grateful that you've heard of me and you're interested in what I'm doing and stuff. Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, even, you know, I've interviewed those people, but I think I've probably got more out of your one, for myself anyway, as far as guitar playing and adding on to my style. So it's it's been really good for me. Great. I'm really, really glad. Thanks so much. No, no worries. I'll leave you to your day. But yeah, thanks very much again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this time, oh, so it's been good. Really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Okay. Right. Thanks, John. Cheers, mate. See you later. See you. Bye-bye. So I hope you guys enjoyed that interview and got a lot out of it, as I did. So get on YouTube, check out all these things that he's done. You won't be disappointed. And also have a look at his albums as well. He's got a lot of albums out there that you can purchase as well. Now, again, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Living Music in Greensboro. Uh, so don't forget, if you sign up on their, their website, you can actually get 10% discount uh, to the store. And then my other sponsor is Custom Guitar Picks, which again, if you go to the, the website, which is in the notes, and before the end of July, you can actually get 20% off just by putting in the, the code BHET20. Now, I hope you can join me next week for my interview with Barry Sparks, who was a bass player for Yingwe Malmsteen, Dokken, and he's done a lot of other things. And actually, he's in Japan at the moment with a, a top band over there called the, the Bees. Now, there's one more thing before I leave. I'd just like to announce that I do have my Patreon page where you can become a patron of the, the podcast. So the way this works is there's all different packages you can get to help out with the this podcast because each episode really it takes a lot of work, a lot of hours editing, uploading, researching, so every dollar really does help helps me get more out of each podcast so the donations start from $1 up to $10 now basically the way this works is if you can donate $1 a month to the podcast you'll receive extra bonus episodes there's actually podcasts available for people who do sign up and become a patron of the Become a Guitarist Today podcast so this is actually starting from today so this interview I had with John Gom, we went over all the things about his DVD and then we went on to talk about all the other artists that I've had on my podcast and some of them that John has uh, dealt with and also his time with Tommy Manuel and a lot of other things. So that interview is actually available for my patrons only. Now if you do want to spend up to $3 a month, you can get the same thing, you can get the, the extra podcast and you can also get access to my closed Facebook group where you got lots of lessons, uh, you can receive a copy of my, my CD, or going up to the $5 one, which is the Guitar Superstar. You also get a, a copy of my book, 
become a guitarist today, plus all the other things. Now, also in the Guitar Superstar for the $5 a month, you'll get a, a 30-minute guitar lesson from myself via Skype. So yeah, so check out the, the, the link in the notes below and go to my Patreon page. I look forward to reading out your name next on next week's podcast. So until next week, keep jamming.